As hilarious as that music may sound, it is not how I want to kick off my podcast. Welcome to the Michael Aldrich Comedy Podcast. It's going to be so much fun where he makes humor of himself and the many things in New York City. Oh, and by the way, this is not the voice of Bruno. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael Oldroyd back in the house. I appreciate you tuning in as always, and it's been a long time since we've done a Michael Oldroyd comedy post comedy podcast episode. Episode seventy four was the last podcast uh, episode that I released, and that was pretty much the day after the Super Bowl. I can't believe it, but it's been almost three months now. I've been very busy, so the fact that I haven't put a podcast out there has nothing to do with laziness uh, or anything like that. I have been grinding on all fronts, and uh, I'm very happy to kind of sync up, if you will, right? If you, for the iPhone users or the Android users, uh, when you plug your phone in and you sync back up, you get all the new updates. You, Update your apps, update your software, all these things. That's pretty much what we're going to do right now with the Michael Aldroyd Comedy Podcast. You guys excited? Awesome. All right. Let's start off by talking about not me, though, right? Because uh, especially for the first-time listeners, why should you want to hear about me, right? I mean, I know why I want to share and why I want to talk about me, but uh, I think that it's a, it's a bit narcissistic, just to talk about me the whole time. Let's let's save the narcissism till the end. All right. Uh, no, let's let's talk about what's going on in the world. Uh, today is May twenty seventh, so it's almost been exactly three months. Like I said, February third or fourth, I think, was the Super Bowl, and we're almost at June third or fourth. So three months. Uh, today is Memorial Day. It's been a, a Memorial Day weekend this year. Uh, it's always a special time. Right, it's always a special time to celebrate Memorial Day um, and remember. I mean, I think a lot of holidays we should we shouldn't just celebrate that thing or be aware of that thing that day and then forget about it. Right, no matter what it is, but it is a day to to set aside and specifically dedicate it toward that uh, kind of as a mass. Uh, you know, I talk about depending on what religious holidays you may observe or honor or, um, you know, things like Memorial Day, right? Um, without getting too deep or too political, uh, Memorial Day does mean a lot to me. And the older that I get, the more it means and the more impact it has for me um, because I'm sure so many of I I have listeners worldwide, so... Um, you know, the fact that I have listeners worldwide, it goes beyond the scope of the U.S., right? Memorial Day really is a United States holiday, but when you think about some of the world wars that we've participated in, that, that's really exactly what it, it affected the entire world, right? Um, you think of World War One, World War Two. this affects everybody, so regardless of where you are, I think uh, if you... You know, if you're in uh, a non-United States country and you're listening in and you're thinking, why should I observe Memorial Day? Maybe at least think back to the brave men and women who stopped the Nazi regime. Uh, you know, we, we, we teamed up with, with uh, a lot of brave people that made a lot of sacrifices 
uh, during those times. And then, you know, it's wars have been going on since the beginning of time, sadly, you know, and it's war is a terrible thing. War is a terrible thing. Um, and killing is, uh, is, is definitely uh, tragic uh, in so many ways. And I think every once in a while, you have no choice. Um, there's a difference between murder and war, in my opinion, obviously. And uh, when you have a choice between allowing people to do terrible things, to continue doing terrible things, or you stop them with a bullet, um, perhaps, that's, perhaps that's justified. But I think it takes a, a large toll no matter how you rationalize it, you know, I think that soldiers that go over there and uh, have to pull the trigger, I think it, it, it takes a toll on everybody differently. I've never had to fight in that way. I have, I know people who have. I also know people who have lost their lives. Friends of mine have fought. Some have come back. Some of them uh, have, have died serving. Um, but it, it takes a toll. A lot of our veterans come home and they have a lot of PTSD uh, problems. There's a lot of uh, underdeveloped programs that the U.S. government has for taking care of our veterans after they come home. Um, and I think it, it just, I can't imagine the toll it takes. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's hard to articulate. We just we just got to appreciate the sacrifices that some of these guys have made, and um, you know the Eureka community for me, where I went to high school in in Missouri, we've had a few people that we've lost, you know, and uh, it's a very personal part of my past and our past, um, and the losses that we've experienced, you know, guys like Riley Baker, uh, he's our he's our hometown hero. Riley is. Uh, he was a Marine. He played football for the, uh, Eureka High School. He was a tough linebacker, uh, one of the toughest dudes, if not the toughest dude I've ever known, to be honest. First state champion wrestler of Eureka High School, an untouchable dude, you know, and just uh, he went over there and he was fighting and, you know, he, he didn't come home. So, uh, we all have to. We have to think about. We have to think about those guys. Guys like the Matt Palazzolos and the Tom Palazzolo. Tom is no longer here. Uh, I think Tom served multiple tours in uh, overseas. Uh, and uh, Matt's around. Shout out to Matt. I hope he's doing well on this weekend. We're thinking of you, Matt. Um, so yeah, I'm starting the podcast off a little somber, but I think it's important to really just really reconnect we've all I think most of us have somebody that we've lost or multiple people or at least had to deal with some of the the difficulties that come from even when they when our soldiers do come home uh, and in my world travels some of the ways that I've been impacted most are really during the world wars when I think in in perspective in broad ways. Uh, I've been to one of the concentration camps, Dachau, uh, which is in, it's near Munich, Germany. Um, I've also been to the beaches of Normandy, Omaha Beach, 
and the the cemetery the cemetery where thousands of white tombstones are right next to the beaches where we lost thousands of of people on D-Day um, and it, it really impacted me to see uh, some of these places and some you know some of the just unbelievably most evil and terrible things that you could ever imagine that happen in in these concentration camps I remember learning and it, it just it, it it's important to be aware of how terrible some people have been treated. Um, and I was so proud, and I say this with the bottom of my heart, when I, when I saw what took place in some of those Nazi camps, when I went to Dachau and I was looking at pictures and reading some of the things that took place and just the way that people were treated, uh, I felt... When I when I and, and and then seeing how the American soldiers teamed up and came together and and, and freed that place and eventually uh, you know all the people who all the countries that stood up against uh, you know Hitler uh, the axis of evil or I, I forget what it's called but the SS army and, and Hitler's um, you know the, the countries that banned with him. When I when I when I realized that the United States had stopped them, I was so proud. I felt a, the type of American pride that I hadn't felt before, and it wasn't until I went over there and saw what we had done to stop that, or what we had stopped. I guess you could say what we had traveled over there, put our lives on the line to stop. I felt a true sense of light and connection with the United States of America when I saw that. And that's the U.S. that I always want our country to live up to. I'm not proud of everything we've ever done um, domestically or, or overseas, but I can damn, I can damn well tell you that I'm proud that we stopped those fucking Nazis. Uh, and excuse my language, but it was terrible, terrible what they did. Uh, evil, the most vile, and just, you know, Hitler is the fucking devil, and we stopped that motherfucker. So, anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I'm proud of, I'm proud of that, and I'm thankful for Everything, all you know, just the, the, that our guys did. I, I watched uh, the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan today. When I went to Omaha Beach, we had a tour. We learned so many things, uh, and the tour guide said that he had spoken with some soldiers that went over there, and he asked if the opening the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan is accurate, if it was, you know, if it was actually that bad and. According to him, he said that guys have said that it was actually worse in real life. So, um, count your blessings. I think uh, any of those dudes would have given so much to be able to say goodbye to their moms, you know, and, and give them a hug one last time. They died far away from home, far away from home, far away from their moms, from 
from the people that they loved and they only were able to have them in their hearts but they died not in vain in my opinion so God bless them uh, and uh, you know yeah you know something interesting that I learned while I was over there is not everybody that fought for Hitler believed in the cause there was about 20% of Hitler's armies, and, and the bigger that they, the bigger that he got, and that they got, the more power, obviously, that the, the him and the, they call him the SS. It was like the 20%, like the officers of his army that were kind of on board and carrying out and uh, fulfilling his his orders or or whatever. And um, there were a lot of people that had no choice, either die or fight for him. A lot of young kids and you know, old people just, you know, they were just putting putting bodies out there, you know, in, in, in new lands that they had conquered, you know. So if you stood up to them or stood up to them, you died, which, you know, what side do you fight for? Do you, do you, do you die the hero, which so many of our guys did when we went over there? That's, that's exactly what they did. It was rather than saying, oh, um, I'm gonna choose my life and I'm gonna fight for Hitler. They said, fuck Hitler. I'm gonna die fighting that motherfucker. And uh, if, I, if I have to, and that's valiant. That is warrior status. That is warrior status. So anyway, I, yeah, I, I'm starting the, the podcast off pretty deep today. And today's Memorial Day, so if there was ever a time to do it, I do think now is the time. Um, but yeah, I wanted to, I'm thinking about you, Tom. I'm thinking about Matt Palazzola and, um, you know, just appreciating every all the service um, that anybody who's ever served. You know, it's a multitude of ways. There's a phrase, all gave some and some gave all, you know, and, and thank you for anybody who's ever served, uh, no matter how small or big that sum is. And for those who gave all, that's, 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 thank you you know so I'm gonna move on um, but yeah moment of silence to be honest for that moment of silence for those guys all right yeah I know that this is a solemn mood that I've created here uh, so let's uh, let's move on you know I, I think that it's important to I'm sure that there's I think it's important to acknowledge and and then enjoy all the, the, the fruits of the labor that those guys put in, you know, which is we live in a, I live in a free country right now. We live in a world free from that, that terror that was created. There's a, it's, there's a constant battle that we all have to be fighting, um, you know, individually and as, as a country, as a world. So by no means is are we we have got we've got a lot of problems. The world has a lot of problems right now. Um, but let's let's focus on the positive and uh, enjoy the fact that we I've got my freedom. This is what I'm choosing to do with my freedom, which is try to bring laughter and, and love to the world. Um, you know, I'm able to pursue comedy and entertainment and I'm so thankful for that opportunity. You know, it's there's so much that goes into it. I'm, I'm, you know, I've had so many. My the fact that my my parents have 
have given me such a platform to work off of and their support. You know, it's it's a good thing. So, yeah, uh, I haven't so told a single joke yet or been funny, but I think that that's, you know, I, I, I think I said my piece there. And, um, yeah, uh, Friday night it was the first weekend night of the Memorial Day weekend, and I was able to meet up with a, a buddy. Uh, I played flag football one season since I stopped playing football, which was like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, our quarterback, uh, you know, we had like an informal practice, met some of our new teammates. I'm going to join a, a flag football team and we're, our season starts in a couple weeks. So this summer we have a, a handful of games. I'm really excited about getting back into that mix. And uh, we went out uh, after our informal informal practice. Beautiful day, you know, first day of Memorial Weekend. So many people were out in the city. It was awesome. We were by the water. And Fleet Week was last week. So if you guys don't know what Fleet, Fleet Week is, it's where thousands of, um, you know, People in the military, the U.S. military, come to New York and snag all the chicks. <laughs> snag all the chicks. Uh, they they come decked out in their uniforms, uh, and they're on the they're on the on the prowl, baby. It's fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, you know, one of the one of the guys on my team was was saying how he doesn't like when uh, the sailors are out or when the guy you know when the guys in uniform are out. Because it's it's too much competition for the ladies, uh, so I thought that that was pretty fun and funny, and it's a it's a compliment to the the guys in uniform, right? Of course, it's competition. You know, they're badasses, uh, and uh, it's competition well deserved. So uh, it's a <laughs> it's capitalism at its finest, right there, right? I'm talking about capitalism in the way that. Um, you know, competition, competition for uh, for the prize, right? Uh, fair game for everyone, and uh, you know, put your best foot forward. Uh, so that was uh, that was fun. I saw some ladies uh, interacting with the dudes in uniform, and you know, I'm single, so I wasn't upset. I was just able to sit back and be like, "Awesome, this is great," you know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Um, it was a great night getting getting out of the house and rotating the crops like that. Again, uh, let me let me let me break down the structure of this podcast now. So, so what I'm gonna do is this is probably gonna be a long one, but I'm gonna talk. Uh, I, my normal structure is I talk uh, for the first bit. I talk about what's going on in the world, and then I talk about what's going on in the world of comedy, and then I talk about my world of comedy, and then my world. That way, you know, for the new listeners, you're not gonna be bored with me talking about myself too much. I might. You know, when I talk about things going on in the world, I might relate it to, to something or a story that has to do with me, but I'll get back on track and be hitting the points that have to do with that. And then toward the end, it'll just kind of be like a list of updates that are going on for people like my friends that were all so busy and sometimes just on your way uh, to work in the mornings is the only time you can fill your eardrums with this. But, you know, it feels good to fuel up and uh, whatever, you know, friends, family, fans, whoever it is that you're listening to. 
You know I love you. It's all love, baby. I got that 360 love going, son. Right from the core of my being. Up, down, side to side. Three dimensions. Time. Space forward. Backwards in time. Currently in time and forward in time. You know? Dude, I'm just like a, a sphere of love, baby. You know, just like radiating infinitely throughout the universe. Uh, and, and one of the mediums that you can receive thine love is through this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. It should only, only, wholly nourish thine soul. All right. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, let's talk about what else is going on in the world. The blues are in the Stanley cup right now, right? Hey, the blues versus the Boston ruins Bruins, excuse me. Uh, in fact, I think that game is going on right now. It's about 8.54 p.m. on Monday, Memorial Day, May 27th. I'm missing the game right now because I'm recording this freaking podcast. I'm do- the, the sacrifices I make for you guys. You know that? The sacrifices I make for you. But the Blues and the Bruins are in it. Boston versus St. Louis. I got to tell you, tons and tons of my friends in St. Louis are excited right now. They've been waiting, you know, for the the Blues to go to the Stanley Cup playoffs for years. Uh, some of them their entire life. I don't I don't know if the Blues have ever even been in the Stanley Cup. All I know is for me and my friends that are my age, they haven't been in that in that time period. So it is really cool. Uh, one of my best friends, he, he's been on the podcast before. Tyler Schaefering just had his baby daughter for the first time and she was born the day that the Blues beat the Sharks for the final time and earned their opportunity to go to the championship. Uh, so that's a special thing for Tyler. Give it up for Tyler Schaefering, guys. His daughter Sienna was born and uh, hopefully we can bring home a nice little championship. Every year on her birthday, he'll always remember that it was the day that the Blues found out. I think it's destiny is what that is, guys. So it was nice getting to see him when I was in Missouri, uh, you know, most recently, uh, which was just, uh, what, in, when was that, guys? Was it in May or April? I think it was April. I don't know. It was when the spring game from Missouri football was. Time flies so fast, but I I was able to go and check out his diaper party. Uh, I put on a diaper myself because I didn't know what a diaper party was. I didn't realize you're supposed to bring a bunch of diapers. So I wore a, a man diaper and showed up to his parents' house. And I'm not sure uh, if everyone thought it was funny. Some people thought it was hilarious. I think some people were like, what the heaven is this? Uh, nevertheless, uh, I think Tyler found it humorous. He was laughing and I guess that's all that truly matters. Uh, but, uh, it was a great time, and I was able to uh, get him some. I brought him some, like some bags that you can clean poop with. So I did bring him something, including my my presents, and we had a great time talking about whether or not Michael Jackson is guilty for the crimes, or whether we're, or not we think he's guilty, which we'll talk about later. Talked a lot about Game of Thrones. I was disappointed. My prediction for the Game of Thrones was actually that uh, Theon Greyjoy was going to end up sitting on the Iron Throne. Uh, Nobody agreed with that prediction. In fact, everyone thought it was really stupid. But, hey, anything is possible, and the sky is the freaking limit. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when it comes to worldly updates, a lot's happened since, you know, since the Super Bowl. The Grammys happened. 
a while back. I'm not going to talk about that because, you know, it's not relevant anymore. Uh, it's been a while, and I don't even remember who won. So, uh, Will Smith. Will Smith. Um, I don't know if you get This is a random update. I don't know if it's really worldly, but he put out a bunch of uh, videos on Facebook. He made these quality videos of him knocking off bucket list items, and I thought that that was pretty cool. And I realized that I connect with Will Smith in one way, or at least that when I was younger, I had the same mindset of facing fears and the importance of overcoming the obstacle of fear, right? And I do agree with him now, especially more than ever, that so many terrible things have been done in the name of fear. I mean, we already talked about it earlier. There were people fighting for Hitler because they were afraid of what would happen if, if they didn't fight for him, right? So fear uh, is the heart of evil, I believe, or allowing fear to have power. And the way that you remove the power that fear has is by facing it, by defeating it, by overcoming it. Um, by creating fear against fear itself, right? That's you wanna, you wanna boss that. That's what Batman does, right? He becomes, you know, the reckoning for all the bad guys, right? He 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 has turned fear into something that uh, he has faced his fears by overcoming them through his fear of bats, etc. And then he is what the villains fear most. He's what the bad guys fear most. Until he meets his closest competitor, you know, somebody like the Joker. I don't I don't think the Joker necessarily is afraid of him, but he definitely the Joker is, is entertained by him and, and appreciates the courtship. <laughs> it's a weird uh, dynamic. Speaking of the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, gonna be coming out with a new version of the Joker, so that'll be uh, exciting to watch. I don't know if you guys have seen any previews. Um, anyway, going back to the Will Smith thing, he did a video where he swam with sharks, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I thought that that was pretty, that was cool. He, he, that was not in a cage either. He actually swam in shark infested waters with a team and, you know, put his life on the line for it, right? The worst thing that can happen there is death. And, uh, afterwards he felt like he had conquered, um, that fear in something great. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend the idea of facing fears. Um, it's gotten me the success that I've had uh, in my life, and there are different kinds of fears. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Michael Jordan, it, and I'm wearing his jersey right now, uh, number 23, uh, Mr. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Uh, my favorite quote, well, I've got a couple, but he ended his Hall of Fame induction speech with a quote that stuck with me, and I knew it was important because he said it last. <laughs> uh, he said, remember that uh, limits like fears are often just an illusion. So really, the power that we give fear is um, what, creates, what creates it, right? Um, it's an illusion, you know? So if you allow it to have power over you, if you, you know don't step up to it, then it, you're creating it. So know that you can conquer those. Know that it's most likely an illusion. Know that that fear that you have is most likely in your head and that whatever you're afraid of, the consequence for whatever is is usually not as bad, if done in the name of good, right? Like they're, 
I, you know, make sure that you're not just facing fears where the the consequences are hurting others. I I don't think that that's fear. Um, I think that's ill-placed, you know, ill-placed, an an ill-placed place to try and overcome that. Uh, Nevertheless, though, all right, I I digress, I think is the appropriate term for that. Uh, There was a a quote that an acting agent told me recently that Will Smith said, which is, this is not about fear, but it's important. I wrote it down, I want to say it, which is, any time that you don't spend on your dream is time basically wasted, right? So if you're not going 100% all in toward whatever it is that you're wanting to do, it's a distraction, right? And I agree with that because when it comes to achieving goals and obstacles, you need to focus on the bullseye. And anything that you're not going directly toward that bullseye, sure, I understand we all have had to take detours or roundabout things throughout our life, but I don't know if you're courageous enough to just go through straight for that bullseye and, and forget everything else, rec- let reckless abandon. I don't know. That's that's a beautiful sight to watch and to feel. I don't know if anyone's here ever felt what it feels like to to throw everything to the wind and just go straight for the bullseye. I've, I've felt it uh, at various times in, in my own pursuits in life. The way I played football was, was exactly that. You know, I always thought to myself, I'll figure out the rest later. I'll figure out what I'm going to do with my life later if football doesn't work out. And it all worked out. You know, that's the cool thing about facing your fears is uh, usually, you know, your rational and practical mind is playing tricks on you. Uh, got to go with that gut, baby. Got to go with that heart, son. You feel? You feel what I'm saying, Shen? Uh, so yeah, I am live streaming this podcast on YouTube right now. So follow my YouTube channel at the droid, T-H-E-D-R-O-Y-D. Or I think that this channel is called LOL Droid Stories. So LOL space D-R-O-Y-D space stories. Uh, anyway, so we've talked about the blues, talked about how we're not going to talk about the Grammys, talked about Will Smith facing his fears on these Facebook videos. Game of Thrones, guys, this is more relevant than the Will Smith stuff. That was kind of me adding that in, but that's not really a a trending topic worldwide. So if it wasn't uh, right up your wheelhouse, I apologize for that. Uh, Nevertheless, though, we've got the Game of Thrones. Ooh, hey, Game of Thrones. I saw some subway performers um, performing Game of Thrones. Boy, it was it was awesome. It made me very aroused. I was very very stimulated. Um, I saw that was probably a year or two ago in New York, and then I saw some more Game of Thrones. Some people playing some Game of Thrones themes in Spain. When I was in Spain with my mom last October, uh, we were in uh, Madrid. Hi, I'm from Madrid. Uh, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see this uh, Real Madrid hat. I got this. I also got a Real Madrid jersey. And sure enough, they won the year before, and they won again after I bought that hat because I bought the hat. That's why Madrid won, guys, because I'm good luck, son. All right. Um, so... Let's move on and talk about Game of Thrones. Everybody's sad. Everybody's sad about the ending. Guess what? 
I was sad too. All right. I, you know, I wanted to see Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen fornicating on the Iron Throne. If you didn't, you're lying to yourself. Uh, yeah. When she was touching that throne, I wanted them to approach, bend her over, and just rail her up the tailpipe. But, uh, unfortunately, that's not what happened. Oh, by the way, I, I do have to admit, I was very sad when she, uh... When she went crazy and started burning everybody alive, it was like, what in the heaven is this, right? Where is the writing coming on, coming from on this? This is completely atypical. Uh, John, I blame Jon Snow, though. I think that Jon Snow didn't give her the D when she needed it that night before, right? She was just longing for some D, uh, and he rejected her. I don't know why he rejected her. I was talking to some people, and they think it's because they're related, so maybe Jon Snow felt weird, you know, having intercourse with his aunt. <laughs> but dude, his aunt is hot. All right, I don't know. I don't know what Jon Snow was thinking. Uh, yeah, it, it was a little uh, weird. I, I I have to admit. But I mean, there's worse porns out there that people make, right? Uh, the whole step uh, sibling thing is an interesting uh, genre. Uh, I guess that's more appropriate than uh, what Jon Snow was doing because I guess he actually was bloodly, blood related to to uh, to Danny. But hey, who else was? Yeah, I don't know, man. Weird stuff, you know what I mean? Come on, writers of Game of Thrones, you're just confusing us and making us ask ourselves, what in the heaven is this? Uh, but nevertheless, when she was burning everybody. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty pretty sad. You know what I mean? Uh, it is just a show, though. Uh, and uh, you know, when she was uh, doing that speech in that final episode, it reminded me of the that redheaded dude from Harry Potter. Whenever he was doing the First Order speech in Episode Seven of Star Wars, do you guys remember that when he was uh, the, he was giving that First Order speech? Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was badass of Danny, but again, it was like, geez, you know, I guess, I guess someone needed a tamer. I, my thought is that Jon Snow should have really tamed her with that D. That's really what it's all about, right? He needed to exert his power through that D and, uh, and tame her, right? And tame her her, you know, guide her down a different path. I, I think that her overall intentions were good. She wanted to create peace for the world. But she was going about it in a non-peaceful manner all of a sudden. And more than ever, right? So, and her plans did not sound very peaceful. So it's like, Jon Snow, give her that D and talk some sense into her. Don't kill her, you freaking putz. Yeah, what the heaven, you know? Like, freaking... Guide her, bruh. Step up. You're the you have you have the opportunity to checkmate her because of your bloodline. Why don't you freaking step up and talk some sense into her? Why kill her, you freaking putz? I don't know. I think he could have. I think he should have tried, and he should have tried harder. He should have pushed her more, exerted that uh, king card on her. You know, but. In the end, 
he's banished. Oh, by the way, Game of Thrones spoilers. I forgot to warn you guys. <laughs> Sorry about that. But anyway, I, I didn't like how he was banished. At least he got to hang out with his red-headed buddy, you know? And uh, maybe they could have brought back to life his, his in-real-life wife, you know? Since she died several seasons ago, maybe they could have brought her back from the dead and he could have maybe had some babies with her. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he was brought back from the dead, right? Did anyone else make a some sort of a Christ-like connection with Jon Snow when he was resurrected from the dead? He was a good king, came back from the dead? What? No one ever talked about that. How is that not a more talked about thing, you freaking putzes? All right, let's move on. Um, yeah, so Game of Thrones, it's over. People have signed a petition. They want to see different endings. That's funny. Um... I don't think that's how it works, guys, but nice, nice. Glad you're doing something. Glad you're spending your your freedom on something constructive, you know? Uh, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna redo the endings, right? The the best chance you're gonna get is that the writer of Game of Thrones will write a different ending to the books. That's that's the best it's gonna get. Um, and if you're very lucky, maybe you'll meet Amelia Clark and have a relationship with her and ask her to role play. Uh, maybe do a little bit of LARPing, is that, is that what they call it? Where you're, a little cosplay, I mean. Maybe she could dress up like Daenerys for you. Um, that's that's a secret fantasy of mine. Don't tell my girlfriend, but I'd love for uh, Daenerys and I to have a night where she said, Jon Snow just won't give me the D. And I'm like, Danny, I'll give you the D. I'll give you the D. I think that uh, that'd be a fun little thing if I could just go ahead and uh, rotate the crops with Danny. Uh, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't just want to sound like one of those wild, uh, what is it? Well, the guy is uh, the Dothraki that she killed for being disrespectful. Danny, it would be a, a lovemaking session that I would love to offer and present if you're open to it. Um, that's the difference between me and the Dothraki rude men. They were talking about doing it regardless of her feelings toward it. I, I would I would love to have a mutually beneficial situation where she needs that D and I'm able to provide it. All right, I'm sorry if I'm being too sexual on this podcast. Uh, I apologize. Um, just pretend that by D I mean, um, you know, um, I'd give her that um, Daenerys. Um, I, I'd give her that. I'd give her dat laughter. I'd give her some humor, you know. Invite her to a show, you know. Make her giggle. All right, moving on. I'd give her that comedy. Oh, brat, brat. all right. Let's take a quick. I, I, I'm not gonna take a quick pause. I'm just gonna pretend I'm taking a pause. Oh, we got somebody who's joined. Somebody who's watching uh, the podcast right now. What's up? We got some. Whoever that is, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, all right, I'm gonna keep going. All right, so Game of Thrones, move on. What else is going on in the world? We've got a trade war going on with China right now. So that's interesting. Uh, I was in China last year. Didn't have the greatest experience there. Sad to see that we're having a tariff battle with them but glad that it's only a freaking tariff battle, right? Like, 
Who cares? It's a tariff freaking battle. That's nothing, right? That's, that's hogwash. It's hogwash. Not even a big deal. Get it out of the news, you freaking putzes. I know a guy uh, who lives in my building who just started a business selling some sort of top shelf alcohol in China. And I was like, and I felt so cool because I know what's going on in the world. I was like, how are the tariffs affecting your business? I felt awesome, you know? And um, quite frankly, he said it doesn't matter because he just charges a, an extra premium. So, you know, his profits remain the same. So, interesting. That's always. Uh, what else? Movies. Movies is a fun topic to talk about. You guys seen any good movies? Aladdin, I have not seen that yet. Uh, it'll be interesting, speaking of Will Smith, of course, that uh, he is playing the genie. A very buff genie, I heard. Uh, I don't know how people feel about buff genies, but um, I don't care. As long as the genie can give me the wishes, I don't care if the genie is fat, skinny, buff, tiny, short. I don't care if the genie looks like... Uh, the little dwarf in uh, in Game of Thrones. In fact, that would be more appropriate because he might be able to actually fit inside of a lamp. All right. Uh, you guys seen the new Avengers movies? Because I have not. I have not seen the new Avengers movies. I'd like to, but I do not have time, so I really can't talk about that. Everyone's talking about the Avengers, though. I, I think that's actually old news, so if it is, I apologize. <laughs> I remember, I'm, I'm talking about what's happened in the last three months right now, trying not to be too outdated or irrelevant, but just in case you didn't see the Star Wars trailer from, like, two months ago, that did come out uh, for Episode Nine. The movie's coming out later this year. I am very excited. Ray, will you marry me? I know that I have a girlfriend, but perhaps we could go on a double date some night. Uh, uh, you know, me, you, and my girlfriend. I guess that's not really a double date. It's, it would just be the three of us, and we could all rotate the crops, and maybe we could even invite Daenerys Targaryen uh, to join us as a fourth person, and we could all just... I'm just going to give you that comedy, you know what I mean? That's what I want to provide for you ladies. All right, let's move on. Uh, I have seen some movies on my own lately that I think are fun and worth mentioning. Uh, they're a little outdated. Forgive me. I'm all over the place. But uh, Denzel Washington came out with a couple flicks over the last few years. Uh, it's called The Equalizer 1 and 2. Man, what a bad ace set of flicks, guys. I like the first one better, I'll be honest. The second one seemed a bit far-fetched. But um, Denzel Washington played this kind of, you know, vigilante-type character. It reminded me of the John Wick movies. I don't know if you guys have seen John Wick, but uh, those are kind of like that thing where they're, like, commissioned... Like, their duty requires them to get rid of the bad guys. There's a difference between going out and killing bad guys and then protecting yourself from the bad guys killing you right? If you go out and you kill bad dudes, you're actually bad, in my opinion, because you're actually, you're casting judgment and you're killing, right? Batman does not go kill, but when people are coming after you, right, and they're trying to kill you or your family or things and they have an agenda and they won't stop unless, unless they die, in that case, I think that you might be having not much of a choice but to, uh, I think you may not have a choice in that situation, and, and the killing may be justified. Uh, it's an interesting topic, obviously, uh, and we talked about 
the whole world war world wars. You know, we talked about wars earlier. So that whole that line between when it's okay and when it's not is, I think there's a clear line there. Um, you know, Superman had to kill uh, what's his face in that one uh, flick, and it it really pained him. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie where he had to kill the villain recently. They they finally had Superman kill somebody. And it's because he was the bad dude was trying to kill innocent people and if he did not stop him in that moment, the only choice to stop him was to kill him. Um you know, I guess it was a justified kill. I don't know. Weird stuff though, guys. Weird stuff. Weird wild stuff. They say if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Have you guys ever heard that before? Uh, it means if you kill, you'll be killed. Um, so, I don't know. Anyway, uh, check out The Equalizer. Definitely a good thinker. Uh, th there's some religious connotations behind it. Uh, there's some symbolism. There's a painting of the Archangel St. Michael behind uh, one of the scenes that uh, he's playing. And uh, I read some, some articles because I was intrigued and uh, they actually talked about the archangel uh, and an avenging angel is kind of somewhat of a figure that they had Denzel Washington's character play. I knew this without even needing to know that. I just had that sense because guys, you know what I'm saying? We're on that wavelength together, me and Denzel. Me and Denzel know what's up. You feel? I just gotta say if I ever meet you, Denzel, I just, I just want to say, let's do a movie together, huh? Can we do a freaking flick together? Because I think we'd have a good time. Uh, moving on from the Denzel Washington flicks, I, I checked out Venom. I tried a Stars free week. I don't know if you guys have done the free week subscription to Stars before they charge you, and then I canceled the credit card the day that they were about to charge me, and I got to watch uh, the Equalizer flicks, and then I got to watch Venom. Right, with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy plays the good guy in this one, guys. Hey, yo, he's versatile. You know what I'm saying? So let's give it up for Tom Hardy playing Venom. That's a, that's an interesting one. It, it's a, He's possessed by an alien, guys. That's a weird, that's a thinker for you, huh? Usually a possession is not uh, not associated with a good thing, but Hollywood flipped it on us, huh? They really flipped us. They really... Uh, you know, ran us for a loop on that one. Uh, so let's give it up for that alien possession that the alien that turned became good and uh, had a good heart, <laughs> you know, and, and helped uh, Tom Hardy become a good person and defeat the bad guy. Um, guys, deep stuff, deep stuff, you know what I mean? So. That was fun, and then a couple a couple other flicks that I've watched. Finishing this topic of movies, uh, Muhammad Ali documentary. I think it was produced by LeBron James. I think there's more than one part that's coming out, but I watched the first installation of this. It's it's like an autobiographical version of Muhammad Ali's life, and super super freaking interesting. That dude was intriguing to to say the least. Very confident, right? Dude was on a mission, uh, a spiritual quest, if I will, if I may, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say I identify with Muhammad Ali in some ways. Now, I'm not Muslim, but uh, I don't 
but I appreciate the good in all religions. Uh, and I think that there are a lot of uh, ties and connections amongst them. And I think it's ignorance that causes uh, us to just, um, well, you know, they say don't talk about politics and religion. I, I opened up talking about wars today and uh, World War One and Two, so I think I've pretty much uh, ruined that. But uh, let's just say that um, I forgot what I was talking about. It must be the CTE from my football days. No, uh, Muhammad Ali was was definitely uh, was definitely a badass. I loved his competitive spirit, his confidence, uh, his his self fulfilling prophecies. You know, he was so confident. You know, he he said, "I'm the baddest man alive." I'm thinking about revealing how cocky I am on the inside uh, after watching <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Um, I do feel that I am on a spiritual mission myself, and I am here to bring infinite love and laughter to the world so I guess uh, time will tell as to whether or not this uh, this premonition is is correct uh, nevertheless though um, you know uh, Joe Biden or no before I go on Mike Tyson I watched this uh, Mike Tyson thing on ESPN that dude is so intriguing man I don't know if you guys have ever seen his HBO one-man show but it's literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's funnier than 99% of the comedy specials that I've seen in my life. Uh, and it's not a comedy special. It's him talking about his life. Mike Tyson is hilarious. I think honesty is hilarious. And that's what Muhammad Ali was talking about. Like Muhammad Ali said that when he's joking, all he's doing is his type, his form of joking is just being extremely honest. And that's what I believe. I think honesty is such a gigantic bedrock of humor uh people that are brave enough to actually be honest it's it's refreshing and it's very arousing to be honest um i found myself attracted to an 82 year old woman once who had a great sense of humor and i've never felt physically pulled uh to a woman of that age and i was intimidated by her she had a great sense of humor and i i felt upset with myself for not stepping up to the plate and hitting on her and asking for her number. I, I didn't, uh, I did, I backed down that day and it's unfortunate, but nevertheless, Mike Tyson, check out his stuff. Very funny dude. Um, he talked about how he had a spiritual revelation when he tried some, some drug and it, he met some toad in, in this dream and uh, it, it made me laugh like him meeting some toad in his hallucination like changed his life <laughs> and like he talked about how his his ego and his pride created the famous person that he was and but he doesn't really like that person but at the same time he, he like he doesn't like the ego and pride version of himself because you know it, it led to him being someone who he doesn't want to be uh, you know, wanting the limelight and all these things. But he also loves that person because it helped him, like, eat and become who he is. Uh, but he's he's real chill now. He's pretty docile, smokes a lot of marijuana. But one, the thing that really stood out to me that I thought was special was when uh, they talked. To, he started talking about love and his and his wife. And he talked about how the love of his life is his wife. Right? Out of all the things that he's accomplished and done and all these things, he said that the love of his life is his wife, and he said that he's not good enough for her, and that she has won the race in life 
over him, that she knows of all his terrible things and loves him for it and all the things he's done and loves him regardless. And he just, he, he genuinely, he wasn't bullshitting. You can tell when Mike Tyson doesn't bullshit. He was not just saying that because it sounds good. He was saying genuinely that he thinks his wife is better than him and that he's infinitely lucky to have her. And I thought that that was really special and big of him, really, to admit that. You know, that he, to admit that he feels that way, at least. And, uh, yeah, Mike Tyson is, is a creature that I'd like to meet as well. Mike Tyson, if you're out there, let's get together and do a comedy special. Um, same with uh, Denzel Washington. Let's do a flick together, huh? We can create uh, the Equalizer 3. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. All right. Let's see here. Joe Biden is running for president. Hey, don't talk about religion or politics. <laughs> Guys, what is Joe Biden doing? You know what I mean? I mean, we live in a very weird world right now. Joe Biden, I don't think, even knows what's going on. He's a nice guy. Joe Biden reminds me of the type of dude that we all, we all have a Joe Biden in our family. He's a good dude. He's not the most successful person in the family, but we all like him. You know what I mean? He's like that one dude that's just there. He's smiling, right? You, you don't always know what he's saying when he talks, but you always smile. You always laugh at his jokes because you know he's got a good heart. He's not the most successful. Couldn't survive on his own, you know. Uh, but he's definitely, he's definitely a warm spirit. He's a good person to have around. <laughs> Not sure if he uh, is an appropriate person to be the president of the United States. Nor is Donald Trump. So, I mean, I don't know where we live in a... Did you guys see, speaking of politics, did you guys freaking see that endorsement that John Voight put out on Twitter recently? What in the heaven was that? This dude got on Twitter and started... He created this, like, perfect video about how Donald Trump is the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln... And it's like, who put a gun to his head and had him make that video? It's so random and out of nowhere. And I really think that it's an... I think it's the trailer for Enemy of the State, too. I don't know if you guys have seen Enemy, Enemy of the State with Will Smith. But John Voight was the villain. And once again, I think he's the villain. I think he's teamed forces with Trump. And they're making a second movie called Enemy of the Union. Um, so you guys got to check that out. It's definitely going to be entertaining for you. Um, what else? Um, uh, Joe Biden is running for president with uh, against Bernie Sanders. That is fun. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, is Bernie Sanders running? I'm not sure. I, I'd like to know. I think that that would be a fun thing to watch them debate each other. Uh we live in a unique time. I'd like to see one of the, Bernie Sanders is unique, man. All right, let's. I'm gonna move on from politics. Um, you guys are awesome. I've got I've got people tuned in right now. All right, so the next thing on the the agenda before, as I'm finishing up what's going on in the world, I have to talk about my dad's CD. It's called The Journey. Uh, it is. Mark Lee Oldroyd on Flugelhorn, Tom Burn. You can find it anywhere on the internet, Spotify. I think anywhere except iTunes right now, but just type in The Journey and type in Mark Oldroyd, M-A-R-K-O-L-D-R-O-Y-D. You can buy the CD. Uh, my dad, is he's worked, his, he's worked so hard on this, and there's a picture of him on the back. This is where we live in Missouri, by the way. This is where my parents live. Uh, the back 
the street where I used to run up and down constantly uh, training for football uh, when I was younger. So I used to run up those hills like Walter Payton and Jerry Rice. They inspired me to do hill running. So we had our own version of hills in Wildwood, Missouri. Uh, the name lives up to how it sounds. It's a very wild wood area. It's called The Journey. And then if on the front of this cover, if you notice, it's uh, like basically like a, an area where you see New York on one hand or the big city. And then you see like this cool like nature trees and stuff and if you look closely it's actually in the shape of a guitar so yeah my dad's been to New York he's he's experienced a big city moved to LA lived in there he lived out in LA pursuing music for for a long time he's a great trumpet player he served in Memorial Day speaking of he actually played um, trumpet uh, in the army band he was uh, during the Vietnam era, he would go around and play taps for the soldiers. Uh, usually on Memorial Day, my dad will go out and he'll play taps uh, in the backyard here in Missouri. And you can hear it for miles because we live in an area where it's pretty quiet and the sound travels because of the valley. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's, you know, it's one of those deals where when you hear it, you don't even want to like say anything afterwards. You don't want to say good job. You don't want to say wow that sounded great because it, it almost ruins how special it is. You just has like move on with your day. So um, my dad has been able to serve. That's an important part of service is honoring the fallen properly. And taps is you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a special song. I don't know if song is the right word, but it's a special you know, set of sounds. And uh, yeah, check out this check out this deal here. It's pretty fun. My dad was a crazy uh, crazy story here. He, he, he's in LA right now. He's meeting with some of his old music friends. And he last time I think we were in LA together, he, he took me to the Playboy Mansion. He used to work for Playboy. So I got to go uh, meet his old boss who's still working there and get a tour of the Playboy Mansion. Uh, and who else can say that their dad was the one that got him into the Playboy Mansion? They, they rarely let guys in there, and they have some Playboy comedy show. I, I need to look into doing that sometime. That'd be pretty fun, you know? But I uh, got some free CDs while I was there. Got to meet a couple Playboy bunnies, uh, and by that I'm talking about the bunnies in the zoo part. They actually have little bunny rabbits, so that was pretty cool. Um... I wonder what those. I wonder if those rabbits celebrate Easter. You know what I mean? I wonder if Playboy bunnies celebrate Easter. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, a couple other things going on in the world. Uh, the Michael Jackson documentary. Uh, I always, me and my friends are always arguing about whether or not we think that that stuff is true. Everybody tells me, hands down, it's true. They get mad at me for thinking it's not. There's some stuff that's come out, let me just say this, there's a video that came out not long ago that talks about the people in that documentary and how that one of them is like a pathological liar. Uh, so, and it, and it kind of gives evidence and things like that. So really, who knows if it's true, I will never, I will not defend a pedophile, but I will not convict somebody of a crime without truly knowing, right? There's a phrase out there that only God can judge. Uh, and I believe that part of that is because you have to know everything before you can actually convict somebody. 
just because you see something on TV does not make something real. Um, in fact, that's a very dangerous thing to think, is that just because you see it on TV that it's automatically real. Um, we saw the Ted Bundy movie with uh, Zac Efron recently. My girlfriend and I watched that. Has anybody seen the Ted Bundy movie? What the heck? You know what I mean? Freaking Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy? That's some weird stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is some weird stuff. Do you guys think Ted Bundy's guilty? Apparently it's pretty clear. Uh, uh, but I don't know the whole story behind it. So uh, apparently they have an entire thing on Netflix about Ted Bundy as well. And uh, I will say it was, it was interesting watching Zac Efron. That dude, let's give it up for the range of Zac Efron's acting. You know what I mean? Starting off as a Disney thing, now playing Ted Bundy. I mean, that's range. <laughs> he, uh, he also played a Marine in some, like, Nicholas Sparks movie. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he, like, played a Marine that came home and was... I wanted to throw up when I saw that because I was like, dude, Zac Efron does not get the right to play a Marine, right? Like... This is the most soft bullshit I've ever seen. But I know, no, I'm not hating on Zach Efron. I, I think he'd be a fun person to hang out with. I'd have a beer with him and go hit on chicks if I was single. Um, I have no problems with Zach Efron, but I do have a problem with him playing a marine in a movie. That's that's my only complaint. Everything else, I don't I don't care about. But whoever cast that, you need to get your thumb out of your buttocks. And recast that movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a petition the way they did for Game of Thrones, to remake that movie with a different actor, uh, and have have Marines played by people that are a little bit more legit, at uh, you know the, someone that has earned that that status. Uh, so anyway, um, going back to a couple things that have happened uh, again over the last couple months, Mike Prince, if you're out there. Will you pre please respond to my freaking calls? Mike Prince uh, was a football player at Mizzou. He was one of my buddies. Dropped off the face of the earth. He moved over to England. He played rugby for a while after, after football. And he was like a professional rugby player. Met a girl. Settled down. I, t I caught up with him on Skype one time a couple years ago. And his voice had changed. He's got an English accent now, which was hilarious. He wasn't joking. It was a real English accent. So we had so many good, deep conversations. Last time I talked to him or connected with him on Facebook, he was living in Christ Church. So I hope he's okay. I hope that you guys, if anybody knows of Mike Prince's whereabouts, let me know if he's, if he's good. I don't know. Maybe he's living somewhere else, but I hope he's doing okay. He didn't respond to my text or my Skype. Uh, got a different number. Somebody else said wrong number now. Um, so, yeah. Hit me up, Mike. Um, I hope you're doing well. We had some good conversations about philosophy and life in the past. He talked about how um, something that was interesting that Mike Prince and I talked about was how the emperors of Rome used to hire one person, or one person's job was dedicated just to remind the emperor every once in a while, remember that you're mortal. Uh, I think that that's really cool. That would have been my job, right? Because I would have like fooled around and done all kinds of, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I think that that was pretty much my job at my last company. Um, for my, I worked for one of my buddies, and 
I think my job was just to remind him and help him remember that he's mortal. You know, he was, uh, he was, he, you know, he, he did pretty well financially, and I, I think somebody just needed to make sure that his ego, he, just to release the ple pressure there every once in a while and let him know that he's mortal. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> I think that that would have been my job back in the old days uh, was to remind the emperor that he's mortal in some way, shape, or form. Oh, is that a threat? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You know? Alright. Um, what else? The immigration problem. I saw a shirt recently that said, Muhammad, Jesus, and, and Mary are all immigrants. I thought that, that was pretty cool. Uh, I think it's a good reminder uh, for all of us to be aware of. Uh, in fact, I recently did a show. Somebody else hit me up because of a positive promotion that they heard about me. Uh, and uh, there's a Muslim comedy show here in New York, and they, they asked me if I'd perform for, for their show, which that's going to be coming up. That's pretty cool. Um, yes, I am performing in that. You could probably see it on Facebook somewhere. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Uh, yeah, I, I forget the name of it. We'll talk about it in the future. Uh, nevertheless, though, people in... I don't. Th this is a random point, and I apologize because it's kind of out of character. But I, I just want to say, people on social media don't have souls or know who they are. They just want attention. That's a bullet point that I wrote down. I don't actually think that word for word, but hear me out. I think sometimes people just want attention, and they won't even say what their true opinions are on something. They just want to like <laughs> align themselves with what's trending. Uh, I know this because I've done it before. No, I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's important to, to speak your truth, you know what I mean? And, you know, just because Barcelona wins the freaking World Cup doesn't mean you update your, your status in Spanish and start bragging about how you studied abroad in Spain for four years. All right, I, that's my, uh, I've seen that before I wanted to throw up. Don't be a sunshine patriot, you know? Sure, if, if certain experiences happen that bring bring things out and that you're relate to, I guess I'm just hating. Uh, she probably I don't think she actually did anything wrong. If she actually studied abroad and can speak Spanish, what am I talking about? <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying, though. There's some people out there that just are selling their souls for some Instagram followers. By the way, if you guys wouldn't mind following me on Instagram, I'd greatly appreciate it. My at is the droid t h e d r o y d awesome thank you i'm on snapchat as well i i put a funny snapchat of my girlfriend uh recently telling me who her favorite athlete is you guys will have to check it out it's my snap is the droid anyway uh so we talked about some fun stuff here right we talked about some fun stuff um i don't believe everything i hear in the news uh i'm not saying i believe that everything is just fake news but you gotta, you gotta do some research. You know what I'm saying? What is the credibility of the source? You know, just do you believe everything you read, guys? You gotta trust your gut. You gotta trust your heart. I trust that more than empirical data. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I think it's important to have a good blend of, you know, objective, quant, qualitative research. Is it? I don't know. Empirical data. I don't. You, you gotta have a good blend. I saw the funniest status yesterday from uh, Usama Siddiqui. He said, people that wear flip-flops... He's like, I assume that people that wear flip-flops in New York are insanely religious because they definitely don't believe in the science of germs. 
I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, that was that was a very funny status to me. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't believe there was a football player that was accused of like rape and stuff. I think his name was Sean Oakman, was it Baylor football? And he ended up going to jail and for like a few years and his football career was entered and then it came out that the girl was making it up. So I've talked about it in the past. We don't live in a world where it's innocent until you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. You have to have facts. You can't just believe just anyone can say something. I could get up here and say, I found a Super Bowl ring you know, in the Hudson River yesterday, it was crazy. I, I can you guys believe I found a Super Bowl ring? Like I brought it back. Like only like there was only one little scratch on the back, but I could probably sell this thing for like ten grand. It was a Patriots ring. I don't even know how a Patriots ring. It's like people can say anything. You know what I mean? So you got to be careful. Um, speaking of football, though, uh, the last worldly update that I wanted to talk about is how. Uh, the NFL draft happened recently in Memphis, Tennessee, or was it Nashville? I was actually in Memphis during that time. I couldn't, it was for, you know, work-related stuff. Was it business? Was it comedy? I don't know. But nevertheless, I was down in that area. I couldn't make it to the draft, but a lot of Mizzou football players are, you know, have been drafted. Drew Locke got drafted by the Broncos. Very exciting stuff. The whole NFL thing and football has been a, I think that I'm going to talk about at the end of this podcast today, but it's a very relevant thing for my life right now, and uh, I think it's very interesting to let you guys know that there was actually a Missouri football player that was waiting outside the North Carolina Panthers stadium recently saying, we'll tackle for hot dogs. So he, he's like looking to walk on. He's trying to get the opportunity to try out for the, the Panthers which I think is awesome, and I don't like that he stole my idea. Wait until the end of the podcast to hear more. All right. <laughs> What's going on in the world of comedy? Or Was that all I want to talk about with uh, what's going on in the NFL? Drew Locke. Odell Beckham left the Giants. The Giants quarterback position is... Oh, okay, so yeah, you guys all know Odell left. He's with the Browns now. Great, whatever. It'll be interesting to see uh, the wide receiver position. The the Giants obviously need are going to need some help. And then what kind of freaking draft pick was that quarterback? The Daniel guy? I looked him up on Twitter. He had like 2,000 followers on Twitter. That's how much of a no-name uh, he is, which I'm not putting that down. I don't have 2,000 followers on Twitter. Please follow me on Twitter at the droid. Uh, but <laughs> it's like... Interesting. Let's let's see what this guy can do. Is he, I think they, they they everybody is like, why do they draft him? I think that the Giants know something that other people don't. He must be a diamond in the rough, you know, and have the characteristics to be successful in the Giants program. He's probably he must have some similar. I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to build for the future with like a another Eli Manning, and he has like those traits or or what kind of strategy was behind that pick, but it definitely wasn't a predictable pick. So I'd like to be catching footballs from that guy soon is what I'm trying to say. Uh, last thing I'll say 
about what's going on in the world. I read this thing today, and I thought it was really interesting. It said NBA business programs are closing down, uh, frankly, because they're losing money, which I have my thoughts on higher education, but, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, another article related to that is millennials aren't sp saving because of fear that the planet is doomed. So a lot of millennials aren't saving as a result of that. Very interesting. Uh, that's what I call giving up. So quit being such freaking wusses, you know? Believe in the... If you think that the planet is doomed, then do something about it to not make it doomed, right? Like, help out, bruh. You know? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's pretty much... That's my thought on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, what's going on in the world of comedy? Um, GMA, oh, so I went to the Good Morning America on February 11th. Uh, there were some pictures I posted on Facebook and Twitter. I got to meet one of the main ladies on that show. Um, the Game of Thrones chick was there that day. Cersei was there. And I was like, whoa. She kind of, it would have been cool to meet her, but I didn't get to meet She walked right past. Actually, we did make eye contact. I think she was attracted to me. I'm not just saying that, but I, I think that Cersei was kind of attracted to me at, at the Good Morning America thing. Uh, so that was an interesting... That was interesting. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, I... I um, that was a cool that was a cool experience. I, I made a sign for my dad. I didn't get to, to bring the sign in. They said no signs in Good Morning America, so unfortunately I didn't get to share with the world that I love my dad on national TV. Uh, but, yeah, my girlfriend made that sign, which I really appreciated. Some nice arts and crafts. You know, she's got skills, that's what I'm trying to say. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, at least I, I posted the picture of me holding the sign on Facebook and tagged my dad in it. So that's, that's the best I could do as far as getting that sign out there. Uh, but, you know, I did what I could, right? So... Uh, yeah, so, by the way, save, save some money, you freaking millennials, you know? All right, let's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> a while back, I went to the Seth Meyers show. Uh, won this dance-off before the show, so that was pretty fun. I did the, my, my robot for all the people, and I, I won this dance competition at the Seth Meyers thing. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was fun, you know? Um... Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. My girlfriend came with me. It was good energy. It was after some... Oh, it was after the State of the Union that we had a while back. So I watched the State of the Union when we when Trump presented that, just so I could like get the jokes that Seth Meyers and his team was going to tell after the State of the Union. They did a... They basically like had the show later that night and wrote all the jokes in the moment that night because of the State of the Union. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, I got to ask Seth Meyers a question. Uh, they had a Q&A session in there, and I raised my hand, and I said, what do you love most about doing comedy? And people started giggling at me. They weren't even, like, laughing with me. They were like, what kind of dumb question is that? I think they were judging me, but I think it's an awesome question. And he even looked thrown off by the question, which was weird. But he said, he's like, I don't know. He's like, I guess I just, it just came natural. Like, I couldn't do other things in life, so... Not the answer that I, I would 
like to hear, to be honest. You know, I, I personally do comedy because I like making people laugh. I, I can do plenty of things. I'm pretty athletic and talented, you know? So. Mm. Taking a quick sip of my Vita Cocoa water. Um, Vita Cocoa water. You should pay me for just throwing out your name and endorsing you. You know, that's what I do. I'm a pretty nice guy. All right. What else? Um... Adam Sandler hosted Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. I went out super early in the morning, the day after my girlfriend's birthday, to try and get tickets. And I did. I tried to wait in the standby line and all that crap. And I did not get in those freaking putzes. You know, I was really upset. I would love to. I would have loved to see Sandler. Uh, there was a charity thing where you could donate some money. And potentially, if you want some charity, you could meet Pete Davidson and Sandler. I thought about donating to that, and then I ran out of time. I forgot about it, so <laughs> I don't have an exciting piece of news for you guys on that. But I did watch the show at home, and I thought it was pretty cool that Sandler gave the, the Chris Farley tribute. Um, just a, whole, a wholesome dude Sandler is, you know? I think that's one of the reasons we love the guy so much. He, he's just got a good heart, you know, and he, he doesn't forget to to do good things like that and, you know, honor his bro, Christopher. Uh, so, yeah, I, I thought that that was really cool. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can uh, get back to hey, Adam Sandler. If you're out there, let's do a movie together. Are you down? I'd love to. I'm not being sarcastic. Jim Carrey, you too. I'd love to. I'd love to rotate the crops and get in a flick with you. Uh, I don't know if you. Yeah, man. I appreciate your art, Jim. You know, I appreciate your art. It's fun. You know, I see you. I see you expressing yourself through that medium, man. You know. <clears throat> uh, caught up with a buddy recently who works for NBC. That was pretty fun. Uh, he, he's on the news. Uh, we had fun. Shout out to my boy Wale Alayu from Mizzou. He was on my 30th birthday birthday podcast, the Sausage Festival pod, podcast. Uh, we caught up recently. We talked. We had. A, it was great to catch up with him. Uh, solid dude right there. News guy. Hey guys, he's like a Jim Carrey from the from the movie Bruce Almighty, right? Go check out that flick. Speaking of both of those guys, you know. <clears throat> anyway. Paul Rudd hosted Saturday Night Live this to end the season of SNL. He did a, like a best man wedding type speech as his monologue. Fun stuff, Paul. I feel like you, you seem like the type of dude that's given a couple best man wedding speeches. Is that true? Hit me up. DM me, bro. At the droid. T-H-E-D-R-O-Y-D. All right. Let's take a quick sip of this uh, coconut water. I don't know if you guys can hear, but my girlfriend's talking in the background. Let me just sort of uh, tame her real quick. Hey, Jessica. I can hear you. I'm, I'm recording a podcast in here. Can you keep it down a little bit? Okay, can you just keep it down a little bit, please? Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's how you crack the whip. You know what I'm saying? That's how you crack the whip right there, son. All right, so what's going on in my world of comedy? Because that's pretty much it. Louis C.K., I haven't heard much about him recently as far as the world of comedy goes. Um... Theo Vaughn, I saw him in New York recently. I pre performed for pretty much a sold-out crowd at Caroline's. Got to got to see him for a second and um, reconnect. Um, 
who else? What else is going on? Aziz Ansari, haven't really heard much about him. Uh, yeah, Aziz, I saw him at Comedy Cellar. I think I told you guys this. Last time I was at the Comedy Cellar with my girlfriend, we were having ice cream there. And I saw Aziz, and I just kind of gave him a head nod. It didn't look like he wanted to interact. I think he's, uh, he didn't look, he didn't... He didn't look the healthiest. I don't know, man. I think uh, everything's taking a toll on him. I kind of feel for the guy. You know, I don't know, man. Some crazy stuff. Not, I'm not putting him down. I, he's always been nice to me. Positive, uh, positive words. Truth be told, he's always been nice. That was the only time I've ever seen. And I know he doesn't recognize me. I've seen him like five or six times over the last ten years at random places in New York. And every time he's been nice, and this last time he looked just like disgusted at life, you know. So I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's getting his nourishment. Keep eating, Aziz, and uh, make sure you're flossing and taking regular dumps. You know, those are all going to help out. Make take some Metamucil if you get constipated, and just try to try to stay try to make sure you're getting enough calories each day. You didn't look that healthy. I love you. And uh, I think you're going to bounce back, dude. I think you're going to bounce back, you know. Um, you took a, a, the bullet for a lot of guys uh, and for a lot of girls, too. I think uh, everyone's been thinking about that stuff, you know, as a result of some of the things that went down. A lot of, a lot of food for thought, a lot of conversations transpiring over the, over the last couple of years. All right, I'm going to take another sip of this water and move on. Anything else going on in the world of comedy, Mike? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd say comedy specials on Netflix. I haven't really watched much of those lately. Saturday Night Live. Um, Gerard Carmichael has a new thing out. He was a dude that I... I consider myself one of his friends, actually. Not a close friend, but uh, Gerard... Um, as you guys know, I, I, back when he was just an open micer, traveling, traveling around trying to do open mics at the improv and comedy store in LA, he was always a nice dude. I was always excited to see him. He had a warmth to him, and there was a lot of it was, the the scene was very clicky. You could tell like that up and coming scene. A lot of the dudes were like super judgmental. But he was like the friendliest and nicest one. And I love that he's the one that became successful. That's how cool. That's what's up. You know what I mean? So shout out to Gerard Carmichael, man. I hope. Uh, I haven't seen that new Netflix thing. But uh, hopefully you're getting some good views and making some money, bro. You know? Aight. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about my world of comedy, guys. We're at a good place to, if you need a stretch or take a quick break or turn off the podcast, you know, I'll leave that in your hands. Whatever you need or want to do, just know that I, I want to have intercourse when when the time is right. All right, let's talk about what's going on in my world of comedy. Droid Entertainment is up and running. It is recognized by the state of New York. Uh, I'm very excited. about. Oh, by the way, Namish Patel... Speaking of what's going on in the world of comedy, he was kicked off stage for doing a college show. Uh, and then now he's doubled down. He, I, I've seen him perform a couple of times, and he's doubled down. He, like, uses that bit in his performance. He even hosted the NACA. He was hosting one of the NACA showcases 
that I I was at NACA, the national convention this year, and he talked about it in his showcase in front of like thousands of college students. So that was interesting to see such a, a double down type thing. Um, yeah, so what's going on? Yeah, Droid Entertainment is buzzing, baby. Uh, I'm going back to Mizzou. We'll start off with stand-up when it comes to my world of entertainment. We'll talk about stand-up, then improv slash sketch, then acting, right? So when it comes to stand-up, uh, I've been booked by the University of Missouri. I'm going to go back at the end of the summer here to perform for the business, incoming freshman the business for the business school. And I'm very excited. I'm gonna do an hour a Q&A session about my time uh, there, and you know, talk about you know, obviously the the football program, the business school, you know, going and joining a startup and and working for a friend uh, that you know the startup became super successful. Uh, didn't I make a joke about him earlier? The oh yeah, reminding my friend that he is mortal. Um, and then, uh, talking about, you know, what's like pursuing comedy and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that'll be, that's really exciting. I'm honored to go back and do that. And while I'm in Missouri, I'm going to try to do a couple of shows. I'm, I'm maybe rent a small place in, in St. Louis, uh, you know, do a show for my St. Louis friends, uh, do a show in KC while I'm there, do the Mizzou and then one down in Cape Girardeau, my buddy Paul Stimmerman and Jamie Lee. Uh, long time track track and field teammates from Eureka High School are living down there and it'd be fun to uh, rotate the crap the crops for my boy Polly and company you know so if you're down in any of those areas if you're in Missouri at all start marking those dates for the end of August I'll be back and uh, lighten up the stage in the mo you know the show me state son <laughs> all right uh, did the show at the Gotham Comedy Club recently, Comedians on the Loose. It was a lot of fun. The bookers there, the producers of the show were awesome. You know, they, you know, it was a packed house, sold out, not a, not a single uh, open seat. And, uh, you know, they were able to record the set professionally. Uh, we got to hang out afterward, afterwards and swap stories. Comedians on the Loose, solid show, guys. You got to go check it out. If you're a fan of comedy, check it out. If you're a comedian and you can get booked on that show, it's a great opportunity, in my opinion. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great show. It was a, it was a, you know, it was a pleasure to be able to do it, um, and definitely, definitely worth checking out. So, yeah, they featured me on their website, and uh, they do this thing where they. They use like a one minute joke like once a week or once a month and feature one of their acts and they featured one of my jokes just this last week and put it out there. So that was uh, pretty cool that they did that, you know, gave me some nice promo. They they even publicly said you should book Michael Oldroyd. So <laughs> I immediately got hit up and that's why I'm going to do that Muslim show that I told you about, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so what else? What else you freaking putts? Uh, <laughs> been doing uh, a lot of shows around the city, you know, perform at Dangerfield sometime, obviously LOL in Times Square, as you guys know, random spots around the city, hostels, etc. When I go to new towns, I usually get on stage there, you know, I'm, it's pretty, you know, I'm 14 years in now, so I've got a, a decent resume and it's, 
it's getting easier and easier to get stage time at places. More and more doors open. Uh, in fact, you know, from time to time, people just come to me, hitting me up, wanting to know if I can perform and if I'm free. You know, cool. If not, whatever. But you know, monetizing. You know, monetizing this thing, and it's just an exciting time. The the momentum is continuing. You know, and I'm continuing to put fuel in the tank and continuing to, you know, get gas mileage on that journey, baby. You know, so I think I'm getting better. I feel like I'm getting better at stand-up comedy, you know, transitioning to being able to be more and more comfortable on stage and tell more and more stories that are real and really connect with audiences. So it's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're at a college you know, and you want to have me come out, hit a brother up. If you're not at a college and you want to have me come out and do some comedy, hit a brother up. I, uh, I'm breaking into the corporate market right now. So if you have, if you're, if you're, if you have a full-time job and your company ever has corporate events, hit a brother up. I'm going to come out and create some humor. I, I can do 60 minutes of clean material. You freaking mofo. If you need me to do comedy on, on the plane, you know, like if, if you're flying somewhere and you want me to get up and do five minutes of humor, I'll do an hour of material on the Southwest flight at the front of the thing where the steward eye are. If you want me to create some humor there, I'll I'll do some nice little crowd work and make fun of the people in the front, uh, and we'll uh, we'll have some intercourse afterwards. It'll be great, you know. We'll get up in the Mile High Club, so definitely keep me keep me on your radar. You know, keep me abreast. Keep me abreast, you freaking putts. All right, that's what I call my girlfriend. It's it's a term of endearment. Now, when I call you a putz, it means I love you. So, you're a freaking putz. Thank you for listening. All right, let's. Uh, the show's not over. I know I'm talking forever, but let me just take a sip of this freaking fried cocoa. <clears throat> my dog, my mom's dog's name is Coco. My my mom's dog, her name is Coco. So yeah. Anyway. Oh, man. So, yeah, I did the NACA thing in Columbus, Ohio. Got to hang out with some of, uh, you know, Chris James. had a He was showcasing. Got to hang out with him and some others. Like, Matthew Broussard was there. He had a, you know, very humble dude, very smart. Um, you know, a lot of success in comedy. Uh, I'm sure you guys all know Matt Broussard. I was lucky to have him do my show. I don't produce any shows right now as far as stand-up goes, but... He did my show like a year ago, and it was kind of cool to see how this whole thing had come full circle. I was able to catch up with him. Super nice, you know, and just listening to guys like Chris James and Matthew Broussard and some of the others uh, who are having successful careers in NACA and outside of NACA, it's just very helpful, and I'm very thankful to be a fly on the wall sometimes and listen to the, the veterans who who... You know, they've, they've been deeper in the trenches than I have uh, in some ways. And, uh, you know, you know they've had, you know, Matthew's had a lot of success. Um, you know, he's, he's been on Comedy Central, Conan, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, you know, he's been all over. So, uh, very cool. He, he performs at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, you know, just really cool stuff, you know. And, and I got getting to hang out with a lot of people like that down in that. We had, a, like, a boys trip down there. We all... There was like four, four of us, um, me, Chris, uh, um, and a couple other dudes, um, and and we, you know, we 
it was like I felt like it was a track and field meet or something like back in high school or, or when I was at Mizzou it's like a smaller team right it's a team but it's like a smaller team and then your performance is still like an individual performance so you know comedy reminds me of track and field in a lot of ways uh, it's uh, it's an interesting thing I'm able to draw from my sports experiences uh, all the things that I've learned over the years and apply it toward uh, this comedy business and entertainment and uh, you know it's it's very fun so uh yeah yeah that was around valentine's day my buddy da danny and his wife danny helliger you guys remember danny Religer, the guy we, we had the episode with, where we were talking about homeward bound and dogs and he's got the dog named Ori. he came out to new york he's been having a lot of success doing his thing uh so i got to see him for a little bit right around the valentine's day period uh after i celebrated with my chick uh also celebrated my birthday with my chick Oh, what else did I... Oh, I, I'll have to catch up with the, the personal stuff afterwards. So, yeah, bear with me. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's going to listen this long, but it's nice to just get this all out there. It's like, it's like a nice... Uh, this is the pensive to my mind or whatever they call it. You know when Dumbledore takes those like thoughts and memories out of his head and he puts them in that bowl? Well, this is, this is, this is that for you guys. This is my pensive, right? This is not even a podcast because it's too much information. But you guys are taking a deep dive into the current cross-section of thine mind, right? Uh, so, with that said, uh, yeah, I learned a lot going back to NACA. Um, I'm getting fans starting to pop up here and there on the radar. I feel like my comedy career is like, when you try to boil water, you know, you're like you're, you're, you turn on the thing, and then you start to see these little bubbles accumulate here and there. And that's kind of what it feels like with my fans, I feel little bubbles matriculating or popping up on the radar, and it's kind of an exciting little deal. And it's 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 increasing in its pace. It's it's you know it's growing. The bubbles are are happening more frequently, you know. And uh, yeah, I I say where I'm performing, and people pop, just show up. You know, people show up from from places and it's pretty exciting it, it always arouses me and makes me extremely horny uh no but yeah the uh, last time i performed tonight's monday so i actually i took a couple days off saturday night i performed uh at lol it was such a fun show it was the early show so it was like a clean show there was kids there and i had so much fun on stage and people just wanted to meet me afterwards it was so cool like uh, by the way, this is where the narcissist part of the show starts, <laughs> so I've pretty much talked about what's going on in the world, now it's, I'm going to talk about me. Again, this is the pensive to my mind, now I'm just like free-flowing, so forgive me. My girlfriend can't even listen to this, she'd, she'd be sick of it by now. Uh, so if you guys are, you are troopers, you're doing better than her. Uh, but yeah, so I got to meet people after the show and just... It, it meant a lot, you know, like, to when, when when you do a show and people leave and they've got, like, that light in their eyes afterwards, there's, like, this light there, right? And it's, like, they're excited to meet you and they're curious and, you know, like, nervous to say, hey, can I get a picture with you? Or, oh, if I'm, like, it was cool to meet you and they, they want to know if, where they can see me or, or find me online, you know, like, those types of things are very gratifying and, you know, when people leave happy, that's why I do what I do, you freaking putts. Uh, I do it because I want to make you happy. I want to make... And when I say you, I'm talking about you, motherfucker. Like, everyone who's listening as an individual, as a collective, like, I want 
people to leave happy. It makes that's why I do what I do. When I get off stage, and people are genuinely excited and they had a good time, like then I did my work. Then then, you know, God's purpose for me was fulfilled on that day. <laughs> you know, uh, so it, it, it's uh, it's very gratifying to have that and to see that one lady. I'm not trying to brag here. She asked me if I'm single. I said, no, I'm in a relationship. She said, regardless, she wants me to be her stepson. She, she's like, can I show you a picture of my daughter? You know, she shows me a picture of her daughter. She's like, don't be surprised if she shows up at one of your shows or on your doorstep. You know, I was like, oh my, oh my Zeus. That's very exciting and slightly arousing. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, that's, that's funny. So, uh, that's how that show went, and it was it was definitely like I said, it was a doozy, right? So I've got an audition coming up with NBC, uh, coming up in a couple months. Been looking into you know speaking with a dude who works at Comedy Central and scouts stand-up comedy talent. Uh, I don't have any updates on that front, so I'm not sure where that stands. But I do have an audition locked in for NBC, uh, and with NBC, uh, America's Got Talent, um, I, there was a, someone who works with America's Got Talent that actually found me and reached out to me and was asking me some questions not long ago, um, I, though I have my business, Droid Entertainment, I also have a college agent now that, uh, we're gonna work together on some of these college bookings, which I'm very excited about uh, for NACA. And then uh, I don't have really any updates on my acting agent. I don't have any, I haven't, I, all, I, all I have is update wise is that my, I have an updated reel and a bunch of, you know, like m my resume and all that stuff is, is cool. I've got new footage from the Midwest Sketch Bandits that I'm able to use for my reel for castings through backstage and through you know, the, the acting agent that I have. But I don't have any, like, acting gigs on the radar, per se, other than the, the stuff that we're creating ourselves at the moment. Uh, but I will talk a little bit more about some cool stuff that happened in the acting world recently uh, here in a second. So what else? We had... So improv and sketch, I'm a part of a team called Too Nice. We originated from the UCB advanced study class that we all took. It was Organic Heralds with a dude named John John Timothy Williams. I've had him a few times, really like him. Uh, and uh, we started having improv practices because we wanted to prepare for an upcoming audition at the UCB for the academy. And... Uh, you know, we started practicing and then all of a sudden we got some opportunities to have some performances. So we actually have had a couple shows now at the Pit Loft. I don't know if you guys have been to the Pit before, but uh, we actually hosted a few shows. So when I say, I don't mean that we were featured on shows, but one of the members of our group actually took it upon herself to have the entire show be our us that we host and it was a variety show. So we did some stand-up. We had a couple stand-up acts that I've, I've helped out with that. You know, we, we've had improv showcase that we've been, been able to do. And then actual, like, sketches. So it's like a variety show of sketches, improv, and stand-up. 
where we've actually rehearsed for the sketches. We utilize the things we've learned for our improv, been able to showcase some of our comedians that do stand-up. So we have more shows coming up. We have one next Sunday night at the pit, uh, the, the big pit, whatever that is. I don't even know what it's called off the top of my head. Uh, you know, we've got a couple shows coming up with uh, the Two Nice Variety Show. So, you know, that's 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 very exciting. You know, it's it's fun. You know, I'll be doing stand up at the one on Sunday night. I'm doing like a 20 to 30 minute set to close the show on st for stand up. So very excited about that. Um, and that's really the main update is that uh, you know I have a boner. All right, moving on. Acting. What's going on in the world of acting? Well, I was, uh, I told you about the agent, you know, updated reel. I, have, I had a scam agent hit me up recently. Uh, ask, so watch out for scam agencies. If you guys are trying to get an agent, you know, just because someone hits you up doesn't make them legit or credible. You gotta trust your gut, do some research, you know, do a little empirical data research. Uh, but I was on a couple of, uh, shows recently at least my face was and you could hear my voice a little bit but uh you know i was on the blacklist we figured out things were a little spicy here and didn't want to piss off hold on one second jessica okay whatever um my girlfriend's doing stuff in the background anyway so i was on uh, i was on the blacklist uh did a what was it called? Uh, background work there, and I, I snuck onto the set. So they told everyone where to stand, and then I just snuck behind one of the guys that the camera was on, just like I did when I was playing football at Mizzou, sneaking behind Coach Pinkle so I could get a little TV time. So, you know, it worked. Uh, my face was, like, on on the blacklist, and my parents were really excited. My mom found it. I don't have the time to watch that stuff. I don't, I don't watch the blacklist, but my mom found me and it was fun and then uh, a couple of weeks later same thing for summer house my nieces actually found it they watched that show so that was really nice of them and they you know they said that it was like really exciting they actually they saw me on a preview for the upcoming episode and it looked like my part or my it looked like i would have a bigger part in the show than i did but it was cool they still used my foot my face in the preview to create some potential drama to to make a, to be a teaser for the show uh but yeah i mean you can see my face it, you know you could barely hear me but i guess you could say those are like lines i don't know <laughs> uh either way it was fun my girlfriend uh i gotta give her credit for helping me get on that show uh it was her connection to the hamptons uh that allowed us to do that and uh you know, it's funny because on the show I'm getting a girl's phone number and my girlfriend is the one who was, like, encouraging it. And then she got mad at me afterwards once it actually went on TV, you know. So it was like, I, I did this because you told me to. Uh, you gave me the opportunity. You opened the door for it. And now you're mad at me for taking advantage of an opportunity that you presented. Anyway, it's funny. She's a, she's a funny creature. I don't know what she's doing right now. She's probably secretly listening through the door. But, uh... Super fun stuff. It was cool to get on the uh, on those shows and get a little bit of buzz. You know, it's good to get some buzz, right? Hey, all right. Um, Midwest Sketch Bandits. That's that's something definitely worth talking about. 
the Midwest Sketch Bandage. You guys got to follow us online, man. We've been making a ton of videos. Uh, we've got some more coming out. Uh, it's the Midwest Sketch Bandits. Four words. There's four of us, right? And uh, we're all from the Midwest. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're on YouTube. We definitely could use the YouTube subscribe. So if you could follow us there and then we got a Facebook group, Instagram page. I think the Instagram is actually at Midwest Sketch Bandits, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, Twitter is MW Sketch Bandits. I know that's confusing. Forgive me to have all the different stuff. But I, there's a reason why I couldn't do it the other way around. Um, nevertheless, though, uh, we are going to create some other cool stuff. Like we might be making a short film soon that Dom wrote. Dom wrote like this 15 minute short film that we may be making uh, and yeah we got a couple more sketches that we've written that are in the pipeline we're going to try to get on Patreon too to help get some subscribers and some money to help fund some of the production costs you know it costs money to do all this stuff time is money too especially in New York right so your guys' support non-financially is extremely helpful and crucial for our success and then financially anything helps no pressure i won't know if you're if you're not sending us money i will only know if you're sending us money so uh keep an eye out for some of that stuff but our film guy ben he's great you know he uses a black magic camera went to film school in uh wisconsin super helpful Super awesome to work with him. I recommend him if you guys are looking to do individual projects. He actually helps me with some of my individual stuff. Uh, you know, like he filmed some of my stand-up recently. He helped me with this documentary thing, like this promo video for for marketing myself to colleges and to corporate America for, you know, doing uh, comedy in the corporate market. So the dude's versatile. He also did my headshot, so... Ben Mead is his name, M-E-A-D. Take a look, super helpful. And uh, tell him I reached, that I uh, referred you and maybe you'll get a referral bonus. I don't know. <laughs> if he's listening, he's like, well, I, I don't know what that means, Mike. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Dom, Dom Leonelli, he's, he's uh, one of the starring actors and he's super funny, always fun to work with. Hire him in your stand-up. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian. He can host shows. He just did Caroline's, uh, the funniest show on Broadway the other night. I ran into him there. We hung out afterwards, had some dinner. Uh, yeah, the dude, he, he just, he killed at Caroline's. And, yeah, he, Dom is awesome. He got kicked out of NBC when he first moved to New York for trying every day to, like, get on Saturday Night Live. And I think that that's, that's warrior status right there. You know, it's hilarious to me. They, they wouldn't let him in, like, the NBC Rockefeller Center for, like, five years. They banned him from it. And, you know, it's just it's fun to hear those stories. I can't wait till he makes it big and he can tell that story, you know, as a guest on, like, Jimmy Fallon or something. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye out for him. Uh, we're very excited. We just, we, we just invested in some new things. Like, we got lights. Uh, we've got a sound guy, Connor, from the Midwest. He's the fourth member of the band, if you will, the Bandits. Uh, we've got, you know, the Blackmagic camera. We've got a PA now that's volunteering to help us out and just, like, 
you know, do whatever is needed to do to make the shoot successful. We've got people that want to write for us and with us. Uh, somebody recently reached out to me and wanted to help me with my writing for my stand-up. He's like, do you have a, he's like, do you have any staff members that like write jokes with and for you? I was like, no, but <laughs> I'll take the assistance, you know? Uh, so that's pretty exciting. What else? Um, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. We have, we've got some new stuff coming out. Definitely keep an eye out for the Midwest Sketch Bandits. Moving on, Friday night. Uh, on a Friday a while back, I was supposed to do background work for Orange is the New Black, and then they didn't need me, so they sent me home. Uh, but I got paid, so that was kind of cool. Uh, it was cool to check out the studio. It reminded me of Burbank, California, uh, where I grew up. And then QED is so close by, so I, I did QED for the first time. It was an open mic, but when I was up there, uh, I was able to check it out. And then now that Muslim show that I told you that I got booked on is going to be at QED in, in June. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else have I done in the last month that was interesting? Oh, there was a Playboy party that I went to in New York. One of my buddies like represents models, and I think it was for Fashion Week. They had this... There's some Playboy bar in New York, and I was trying to scout talent for, like, female actresses for the Mid Midwest Sketch Bandits. It turned out to be a bust, no pun intended. Uh, but, no, I didn't, we didn't really meet anyone at that that, uh, that we're going to work with. But it was still hilarious. I had to babysit my friend that I invited. It just turned into him drinking way too much <laughs> alcohol, trying to recruit girls to be part of the Midwest Sketch Bandits, but he was secretly just trying to recruit them for himself. So that was hilarious uh, to watch him and then have to handhold him as he got kicked out. Uh, he's been on the podcast in the past, and Brian Kelly, shout out. He's my Sam. We're basically each other's Sams from the Lord of the Rings. I call him Sam. He calls me Sam. So... He's a Eureka guy. Uh, I met some girls that worked for Ralph Lauren uh, at that party. They were pretty cool. That was like a potentially unexpected thing, but unfortunately it's not going to lead to anything. I was telling them, I was like, do you guys need somebody to represent Ralph Lauren or like a new face? And they're like, do you think you fit our brand? I was like, absolutely. And then I like pitched why I wear T-shirts that are Ralph Lauren. I was like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like that casual look. I like to wear the t-shirt because it's not fancy, but it still shows that I know what's up and I've got that, like, that air of, like, I'm not trying too hard, but it's like, yo, I, I'm still repping the Ralph Lauren. They liked it. They were impressed, and then I never heard from them again, so <laughs> go figure. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, that's pretty much the main stuff that's going on in my world of comedy and entertainment. And now, just for shits and grins, let's talk about the final thing uh, in my podcast, which is just the selfish part of the show where I just talk about me. So anybody, if you want to turn off the freaking microphone, I'm just going to talk about anything else that's going on. Again, it's as if I'm catching up with a buddy and I'm just kind of sharing what's going on on my end. Usually conversations are two-way where you're like, so like, how's this going, bro? How's your daughter? Oh, how's work going? Yeah, anything new? Or the chick's going, oh, you're married? Sorry about that. All right. But it's that type of thing where, like, you go back and forth. So the only things left to talk about are things in my world that are that I haven't talked about yet that have kind of happened over the last couple months that I think are interesting. Um, the first thing that I think is super, super exciting for me is, 
let's talk about football. My last episode I created was like a three-hour episode about football. It was right after the Super Bowl. You guys are gonna be blown away to hear this. If you don't, if you aren't very close to me, you don't know that this is happening. But I've been getting back in shape. I don't know if you can tell by looking at me. If anyone's watching this live thing, but I've actually been getting back in shape for the last few months since the Super Bowl. Uh, legitimately, over the last. 10 or 12 years since I played football, I would do something called atrophy atrophy prevention, which is basically bullshit working out just so that you don't die, <laughs> you know, from being unhealthy. But as far as building muscle, I, I wasn't into that at all. No motivation, right? But here's the thing. I had this epiphany a few months back, and this is literally where this all started. I thought to myself, Technically, I can still play football. Like, my knee is healed. It was a knee injury that stopped me from playing, but it was the timing of the injury that ruined my career rather than the severity. And in my own head, I moved on with my life because I thought to myself, all right, well, I missed my the boat, right? I'm, I can't get drafted now. And the Missouri Tigers, you know, let everybody go who was injured or at the bottom of the depth, depth chart at that time. So I just thought the door is closed why stay in shape, why do anything. So I completely moved on with my life. Like a girlfriend, when you break up with a girlfriend, you have your heart broken, you're like, fuck that. I'm like, I'm not even going to look back and think about it. So I basically did that with football. And for years, I, I couldn't even watch football. And in my own head, I, I just thought, like, football's over. Like, I have to move on. I, I did com. I focused 100% on comedy and then business. And I realized, like I said, a couple months back, I was like, Technically, physically, I have the ability if I got back in shape. I'm 32. There are some guys that play till they're 40. You know, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, those dudes are all older than me. I was like, the only thing stopping me from playing football is me and then some coach that decides that, you know? So all these things that I've been talking about, I'm pursuing comedy. I'm, I'm you know, doing everything just as hard as I, I always have. But there is a piece of motivation secretly deep down in my heart where I'm actually getting back in shape because I might play again. So <laughs> um, I, I've been getting strong. I went back to the Missouri uh, alumni thing for the, for the football team, the spring football game. And that was, a, that was an interesting thing to go back to, very meaningful, because that's the last time I ever played football was uh, when I was it was in the spring game of 2008, actually. So it's two, 2019, that was 11 years ago, uh, exactly 11 years ago, and I got down on the field again, and I got to reconnect with Coach Odom. I got to reconnect with some of my old teammates like Chase Kaufman, Chase Patton, Brock Christopher, Tommy Saunders, Greg Bracey. You know, I've been keeping in touch with Jimmy Jackson lately, Tony Temple, all these dudes you know, every time I, I talk to a football person, it makes me stronger. One of my old teammates, it makes me stronger and it gives me motivation and we start to reconnect. It's like a, there's a magnetism, like where when you come together, you become stronger. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's all contributed to my motivation to get back into shape. And I am feeling very athletic. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, I, I got down and through the... I'm, in my building, I met a dude who played football for UCLA here in New York, 
and we connected. He played wide receiver there. He's a quarterback. So we actually, two weeks ago, for the first time in a long time, we got down on the field and we started. I put on my cleats. We threw the football around. We were running routes, and it felt beautiful. And I was feeling fast because I've been lifting, so it felt amazing to get out there and and toss the rock around. Uh, and then I, I got out Friday night again, like I told you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna join this flag football league, and <laughs> I mean the speed the speed is there. I, I want to continue to get faster and stronger. But my goal my my plan. I talked to a, a previous trainer for the New York Giants actually. Here's the New York Giants. Speaking of them, uh, I talked to uh, one of the trainers who worked with the Giants for several years about the process and I'm not going to tell you guys the process but I have a plan in place as to how I'm going to go about you know reaching out to the team and looking for a tryout and trying to get on the practice squad uh Invincible was 35 years old and he was a bartender I don't think he was lifting the way that I'm lifting and he was older than me when he started playing for the Eagles so uh crazier things have happened and I am motivated. I, I actually power clean today, and I've been doing explosive lifting. I've been working my way up to doing plyometrics again. Uh, and uh, so, so that's where it's at. You know, they also have a local. They have a new football league that's opening up, and there's there's going to be a team, a New Jersey football team. I don't want to have to try and start there, but it is an option. Uh, it is good to know that that's there. But I'm going to go straight for the jugular like I always do in life. And if I get an opportunity to try out and they give me, it goes well. I need to make sure, before I do that, so here's the plan in place in case you guys are wondering. Uh, I'm going to get my lifts back up to a certain percentage of what I was able to do when I was younger. And once my lifts are at that point, I'm going to test my, and I'm going to be running every week just to make sure that the muscles are getting stronger again for the fast twitch and like, that way I'm not going to pull a muscle and all this stuff when I test myself. But in the next couple months, I'm going to test and evaluate where my body is at compared to what I was able to do when I was younger and compared to what is done at the F NFL Combine. Main thing is my 40 time. So if my 40 time is at a certain number when I test, then I'm going to reach out to the Giants and present myself as an option for them. Um, and... Uh, I'm 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 I I I'd like to see my forty time at at least four six, in order to, uh, consider playing again, but you only live once, and I realize that you know football is football and making people laugh, are some of my biggest passions and loves. They were the two things I wanted to do when I was a kid when I grew up, and I'm still alive. I'm still healthy. I'm not wheelchair ridden, and I'm not eighty years old, and. <laughs> you know, when I think about the idea of playing football again and that there's a possibility there, it, it's, uh, it's, I can't even express to you what that would mean to me. And I would give all the glory to a higher power because I've learned so much over the years. And if I was able to do that again, it would be for a much bigger reason than myself, right? So that's the whole football thing. I'm going to keep everyone in the loop, but if I make the team, I'll be streaming. I'll be streaming stuff, uh, workouts, and all kinds of stuff. I may start streaming some of my workouts now, but it, it, I feel like it's a little too random 
you know, it doesn't, it, people will be confused because I'm pursuing comedy and they'll be like, why is Mike streaming his workout, you know? But uh, I may, I may consider, consider doing that. But it was great to reconnect with Coach Odom. I was able to thank him for the opportunity to, to play football for Mizzou and genuinely say that to his face in person because it was of him. It was because of him that I got to play there. And I'm rooting for him uh, and the Tigers, and I hope that this whole scholarship band thing, we're able to get through that. We've got some new additions to the stadium that's going on. Uh, and it just feels so good to be reconnected with so many of the guys. So going back and, and doing that really is, is meaningful. I talked to Chase Patton about the idea of throwing the football with him next time I see him. You know, when I got down on that football field, nobody else was left in the stands. I actually did it after the game, and I, I started crying. I'm not going to lie. I had a, a moment. Uh, I felt similar and overwhelmed with, with emotions and feelings of so many memories and so much of my efforts, you know, that were put into that. And uh, it just felt so good to, to reconnect with that and to be spiritually charged by, by that experience. So anyway... Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much that. And, uh, I'll keep you guys in the loop with the football stuff. I don't think there's much to talk about on the personal end with the relationship. Uh, things are going fine. Things are cool. My girlfriend is entertaining. She makes me laugh. She's hilarious. She reminds me of an electron around a new, I'm like a nucleus and she's just like, you learn in physics that a, an electron can be anywhere and everywhere. So technically it's everywhere. My girlfriend is like an electron that is anywhere at any time, mood-wise, decision-wise, plan-wise of things that she wants to do. <laughs> you never know what to expect from her other than you don't, you can expect it, you don't know what you'll expect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, other than the football stuff, uh, yeah, her and I, we went to Mexico a couple months ago, so that was really cool. One of her friends hooked us up with a, a cool resort thing. I was able to do comedy while I was there. So I was able to work out and, uh, you know, get some get some tan time with her and some of her friends uh, and and then uh, was able to perform. It was a terrible experience performing down in Mexico. Uh, the only cool thing is that they they promoted me so intensely. It was so funny. Uh, they made an announcement to like the whole venue like a couple hours before the performance. And they were like, tonight we got a special a special opportunity for everybody here. We got one of the best comedians from the United States of America to do some comedy for us tonight. So please gather in the blah, blah, blah room at 10 o'clock. We're going to be doing comedy there and some karaoke. <laughs> so, you know, they said one of the best comedians or one of the most famous comedians from the United States. So I was like, not not quite there. But uh, when, I, when, I, when I got on stage, the sound system was not very clear and there was a bunch of like Mexican dudes that just got off work and they were heckling me in Spanish. So they were like at the bar interrupting me and they were like yelling things in Spanish at me. So I, I'm not exactly sure how, how to deal with <laughs> hecklers in a different language, but it didn't, it didn't make it very much fun. It, it, I think it made me better though. It makes you tougher. So that was a good experience and at least we were able to have uh a nice room to stay in and uh, to counter to counterbalance that terrible experience and uh, you know get out on that blue water so that was cool uh, other than that whole Mexico thing I think that's I think that's about it guys I, I've talked a lot so I think 
we could probably call it a day. I feel exhausted from this, and anybody who's listened to all of this or part of this, they're probably exhausted too because it's been such a long, uh, a long session. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love all of you. I love myself, and I love you. I love us. You know what I mean? Like, and I and I recommend that you love me and yourself too. <laughs> we can just. We can spread the love like it's a peanut butter, you know what I mean? And maybe even have intercourse. And if, if not physically, metaphorically speaking. I think when I'm doing comedy, it's, it's like me. It's a form of lovemaking. So, uh, yeah. And when you guys are laughing, you're making love with me, metaphorically, right? We're, we're really giving it to each other at that moment. But thank you guys so much. Have a great week, and I'll try to be a little bit more regular with these podcasts. All right? God bless, and go do what you love, baby. Peace! Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. By the way, am I the only one who's horny?